0: This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I break down the chaos that happened this past Sunday when the College Football Playoff Committee left out Florida State. What does this mean for Florida State? What does this mean for the future of the College Football Playoff? And did they get it right? We answer all those questions and many more. Plus, we talk about the transfer portal and what does this mean for the future of college football? All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben. That's Josh, and we are back. Uh, I'm less sad than I was last week, Josh. I, I'm in a little bit better of a state of mind. Uh, you know, how, how is your state of mind? It's probably a lot better than mine is right now. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, us skaters fans were sitting watching the
1: playoff committee make their decision, uh, waiting to see where our seed was, and then we got we got screwed, dude. We, nowhere, nowhere to be seen, even in the top 25. Nuts. You
0: know... You know what I've learned about this committee? I feel like they've just, you know, it's like what uh, I think it was uh, uh, Mike Greenberg said on uh, on his show on ESPN. You know, why don't I just get a whole bunch of my friends together and then just say, screw the records and let's just uh, pick our top 25 and then just go for it. <laughs> that's yeah, pretty this, much what it
1: is. <laughs> that's what this is, man. Like the way that we're going with the 12 team next year, they already uh, voted as if this was a 12 team. I feel oh, like yeah, for sure. It's it's invitational style. It's it's not about what you did in the regular season. Who deserves to be there? They've been in this position before, like 2015 Ohio State was a team that was capable of beating anybody and they kept them out. Uh, Bama last year with the two losses, uh, they were kept out even though they would be favored over some of those teams and they correctly put TCU in who nobody thought belonged and they go and win a game against Michigan. And we run into a situation this year where this was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This was the hardest, I think, uh, decision the committee has had to make. We haven't had this many undefeated and one one loss conference champions coming into the end of a season like this. So it was just a matter of, okay, are they going to do the right thing? And they inevitably did the wrong thing.
0: And it reminds me a lot of, you know, I feel like, you know, This whole conference thing is weird, or this playoff thing is weird for me because it's like, I I I understand why like people like Mike Greenberg are like upset because and, and the thing is too is I saw this post today, uh, they they someone put a clip of Kurt Herb before the the rankings came out and if you look behind him, you had all you had the four teams that are currently one through four, were one through four on behind him on his little. You know, shelves or whatever, and then the next two was Florida State, and it was uh would have been uh, Georgia, right? So it to me it goes if these are supposed to be surprises, you know, like they were the first year, or at least we were told, right, where a high state shocked the world and and jumped in there above TCU. Now it just doesn't seem that way. Now it seems like we need the sec team in there. If we don't have the sec team, well, no one's going to watch, which I disagree with. I think a lot of people would enjoy watching a, a playoff when there's no sec teams. Um, and, and I'll get into the Michigan thing. Cause it now all of a sudden it seems like we forgot about the Michigan cheated its mm-hmm. way to the top. And they're now no, now no one talks about what they did. And that's a whole nother story for, for another day. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. And I, and I know people are like, well, Ben, why are we still talking about college football? Look, this is this is huge for college football for the the future of college football, and so today's episode we're really going to focus on you know college world playoff the New York New New Year Six Bulls we'll go over some transfers things like that, but I think both Josh and I were I think I think a lot of people maybe not just Josh and I were very shocked with the way the committee went because to me what this says is that it does not matter who you play it does not matter if you win all your games by five points or by 50 what matters is is that we want the this is really what comes out we want teams that will bring fans we want teams that will make it a in their mind a competitive game which i don't know what that means anymore in their mind i don't know i don't know what that means and then three it's a team that will th- there's also an excuse to use right like well they don't have your starting quarterback uh hello ohio state won with their third string quarterback back in 2014 correct so so if we're going on this this logic of there's this new there's this rule inside of the the selection committee, like I, I'm I'm tired of hearing that like Florida State did not lose. They did not lose. They should have been in. Now, I get it. And I, uh, Joel Klatt said this. He said as soon as Texas went in, they knew, he knew that Alabama was going in because Texas beat Alabama. And it's just that was. Yeah, it was it's tight. like if you put tech. You got to have Texas ahead of Bama,
1: regardless of how it goes. Because head to head.
0: If, let's say, Florida State was at three, then you're going, okay, then obviously Texas will be four. Um, I I feel terrible for Florida State. Like, I'm not a Florida State fan. I don't really watch Florida State. I I hate them. And, and like, the last time I remember watching was, like, obviously with Bobby Bowden and and things like that. But to me, I feel so bad. If you watch that video, man, that, that video, like, hurt my heart like as a football coach right now and as someone who who wants to be there for his players like you saw coach Norvell just look he looks so depleted in that video like i've done everything to get this team where we're at and now i've been ripped that opportunity which is just it's demoralizing
1: yeah like like you said they completely ignored what happened the first 10 weeks even though a college football regular season is 12 games they only cared about the last two they played and then not even the conference championship where The game that Jordan Travis went out at, they were losing by two scores in that game, and they came back and won. They go on the road to the swamp, one of the hardest environments to play, and I don't care what anybody says. They go and win that with their backup quarterback. Then they got to play on a neutral field against a 10-win Louisville team. Very good defense. And they go and win that game. like. If we want to talk about Florida State's not as good now that they don't have Jordan Travis, are we going to talk about how Alabama almost lost to Auburn just a couple weeks ago it with Jalen Miller at quarterback? It took a prayer. Are we going to ignore the fact that they only beat a four-win Arkansas team by three points? Are we going to ignore the fact that they beat, what, a six-win Texas A&M team by five or six points? Yeah. Are we going to ignore the fact that they struggled against South Florida in week three, yeah. actually lost a game to Texas yeah. week two? <laughs> like, this is... I mean, we can play this game all day, and then, Ben, people will bring up, well, Liberty went undefeated, so why aren't they in? Show me a single Power 5 win on their schedule, you can't show me one. They don't have a Power 5 win, And and then Cincinnati did get in a few years ago, which I thought they should, but... Crazy different circumstances there. They have win, power five wins over Indiana, and then they beat Notre Dame. And that season, Cincinnati comes in as the fourth seed. The only other teams that were even in the mix were that Notre Dame team, whose only loss was to Cincinnati, so they got the head-to-head there. And then Ohio State with two losses. And I think most people would have favored Ohio State over Cincinnati. And they might have even favored Notre Dame, the books, over uh,
0: but Cincinnati. They were I mean,
1: but they were undefeated, and they did the right thing and put them in because they had the resume and granted this year was much different circumstances. We had so many more, like I said, undefeated and one loss teams. Yeah. But if you win all your games I don't, and you're a power five conference, you have out of conference wins over two sec schools.
0: I don't, I don't know what you, what you can do about that. Like you got to put them in. Yeah. And I just, uh, to me, it just, it, it, we already were like on shaky ground, Josh. Like we were on shaky ground with this cultural playoff committee. Every year we've always been on shaky ground. Like, are they going to get it right? This might have been the last straw for people. Like, twelve team playoff. Like now, are they even going to get that right? Right. Like that's not. That's not. That's e. That should be easier to get right.
1: I think the way but, that they're going is the top four seeds are going to be the highest rated Power Five conference champions. We'll yeah. see if it ends up being only a Power Four. But if we're going by like last year, Kansas State. And Utah are getting two of
0: those top four seeds. Yeah. Do we think they're two of the best four? No, and it's like, and it's and it's like, if you let's just say the Big Ten, right? Let's say maybe Ohio State beats Michigan next year, but they're both ranked in the top five. You're going to tell me that Michigan doesn't deserve a a top four seed, right? Or or whatever. All I'll say is this: this is the first. This year is when it should have started. If you put a 12 team play, we don't have this issue, right? Ohio State gets in. We Georgia gets in. Uh, you know, Florida State gets in, Liberty gets in, right? Like all these teams are getting in, and there's no, there's no argument, there's no discussion, right? Um I I, to me it's just it bothers me because like I I know I brought up the Michigan thing, but it does bother me, right? Because now all the controversy is about this, and then we're forgetting the fact that we put the number one team, (laughs) the team that might actually win it all. If you look at I mean, really honestly, they they have a good shot is a team that cheated right so it this whole football season josh has been one of the wildest it this is like a wild west now man transfers just can leave like middle of the i mean really this between between now and even the playoff or the bowl game it's just chaos right you have recruitings also happening in the middle of this transfer season and then you have then you have for bowl games and then yeah dude It's become, it used to be like fun to watch bowl games. Now I bet as a coach, it's so stressful. Like you want to play in a bowl game, but it's like, I can't deal with this. Like he's, you know, so to me, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just so about.
1: We'll talk about uh, later uh, that Ohio State-Missouri matchup and how maybe uneventful it could be to watch that now, or eventful if you're a Buckeye fan. But just a couple more things out of the playoffs. And since you brought up Michigan, that is interesting. I thought that the team that you know allegedly cheated, there's these allegations out there, and it looks like it's going to be proven that Michigan was using uh, illegal sign-stealing methods, and the committee completely ignores that. Doesn't negate anything (laughs) from the first eight or nine wins that they had this year and goes ahead and puts them as the number one seed. But a couple other new things that happened. Um, if Alabama would have been left out, that would have been the first time that uh, an SEC team they would did never not get do in. That. They would never do that. They would never, ever, ever never. do that. But things that they did do for the first time were take two teams that were outside the top six and jump them into the top four. Yeah. That had never been done before. The number one team dropped out of the top four completely over conference championship week. That had never happened before, and then Florida State, which we've already uh, beat that dead horse. I feel like first undefeated Power Five conference champion to be left out. Those, yeah. And now let's make the case for like the teams that got left out. So Georgia, you come into conference championship week with 29 straight wins. You've won the last two national championships. You're coming in with big wins over Ole Miss. You've beaten Mizzou. You've beaten Tennessee, and then you come in here and lose to Alabama on a kind of controversial call near the end and you only lose to them by 3 on a neutral field and you fall from 1 to number 6 which let me talk about that real quick because Florida State only dropped to 5 and the committee is telling you that without Jordan Travis there's no way that they can go and win a playoff game oh, but I they're at better than Georgia It's, it's so we're going we're going to we're going to you know be like see look what we did right here we we put you at 5 we think you're better than Georgia and give them like I, no If they can beat Georgia, they could probably beat Alabama. You're saying
0: I'm saying I could say this right now with confidence that if you the the Florida State team that finished the year, Georgia beats them, Ohio State beats them. I, yeah, I would even go out and say that even maybe even Missouri has a good shot of of beating them. Could do it, yeah. Like this whole argument isn't to say that Florida State is one of the best teams
1: in the country, it's that all these regular season games mean something, the whole season's supposed to mean something. Yeah. And you're deciding that it's all about ratings and odds and favorability and populist stuff like people that don't care about
0: college football. You're trying to appease them. No. And like it's gotten away from like, you know, I want to see the two best teams in the country, no matter how many losses they have play for the national title. That's what in in a way. That's what I loved about the BCS as much as everyone hated it. It was almost always, almost always the two best teams in the country, yeah. whether that was two SEC teams, whether that was Pac twelve and a and a big ten team if Michigan it was. and Washington are a national championship. I don't think anybody's complaining. No. No, and that that's the thing. Like I but let's say it is ends up being like Texas versus Alabama. Then I'm like, well, what about Georgia should have got a shot? Because I think they could beat Texas. I think Georgia beats Texas at uh, 90% of the I think if Alabama and Georgia played again, Georgia beats them again, right? Like, there's so many scenarios that we could play. And again, I'm not here yeah. to play scenarios. What I am trying to say is that it is really frustrating because the justification that they gave for Florida State being out, then what are you going to say about Alabama? I mean, Georgia. And then what are you going to say about Ohio State? And what are you going to say about these other teams? Like, you have to be consistent across the board, and I feel mm. like there's so much inconsistency. Like it's, I remember, they care about different things. What every was year. it like? The, the I think it was the week before conference championship week. They're like, "Well, Bo Nix has a high completion percentage. That's why they're there." And it's like it's like this doesn't make sense. This is just yeah. chaos. If if we want to sit here and talk about who would be favored, like we said,
1: Alabama would have been favored over TCU last year, and Michigan actually was favored and lost. Oregon favored against Washington over a conference championship weekend, lost Alabama favored over Texas week two and lost. Like who cares if you're favored? We, we decide these things on the field for a reason. If we want to go by, you know, if that's our criteria, just give Michigan the title now, because yeah, they got the high well. sides to win it all right now. So why even play the games? Yeah. It, but, ugh. One other thing about this, Ben. So we got got or Alabama snuck in here to the top four yeah. right here. Moving on to the 12-team playoff, everybody thinks that this is going to create more parity. It's going to open up it teams like Ole Miss or Liberty or Tulane or what have you to get into the, the 12. And all it's going to do is let teams like Ohio State that are missing the top four, Alabama that should have missed the top four, Georgia that missed the top four, get another shot to win it all. Yeah. And the same teams are always going to be winning it. As I, they've increased the playoff from two to four teams, we've gotten less parity, and it's
0: only going to decrease in parity I've as said this. letting these teams come I've in. I've said this. Josh, we talk about the the March Madness, right? And they've always mm-hmm. expanded March Madness. Tell me right now, how many teams have, by the final four comes around, we're like, oh, that's a surprise. Almost never. Like there's occasional team, every so often, George Mason, a couple of these teams that hey, they shock the world, right? They come out of here. Yeah. yeah. But for the most part, and, and I and I'm even thinking more specifically, like when you think about football, right? Is what teams in college football, Josh, are always the ones that are gonna be on top? They have to have what? The speed, the strength, the numbers, the talent, the, the money, right? All of yep. these things. Look, no offense to Liberty, no offense to Tulane. No, no I'm not trying to you know, say that you're not a good football team. What I'm saying is, though, is that if I put Liberty on the field against Ohio State or against Georgia, I'm sorry, Ohio State's winning by 30 and Georgia's winning by 40, right? Like this is it's it's a reality that at the end of the day, n- the next ten you know five years of this playoff, it's going to be probably an SEC school, then a ACC school, then it may be a a Big Ten school wins it all. Like until until there is true parity. You're not going to see a team from like the Mountain West going out and win a national title like sometimes you see in basketball or sometimes you see in baseball, right? It's just football is built differently. You have to have that blue chip quality, and it's just there's not many teams, and that's what's going to happen every single year.
1: I'm just also Ben sitting here like imagine if the Miami Dolphins last year, since Tua got hurt, the NFL was like you can't get in the playoffs. Oh, Skylar Thompson's your quarterback.
0: <laughs> not happening. No, and that's what that's what that's what Mike Greenberg said. He said, "Why don't I get all these former coaches from the NFL? We 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 let, finish the season out. We look at all the records of the teams, and we're like, well, we're not going to put the Browns in. We're not going to put the let's say the the Steelers in, or you know the the Jaguars in because they have quarterback injuries. So now we're not going to put them in the playoff. We'll put a team that's that's uh, five and eleven because they look like they have more upside, right? Like to me, it's just it's mind blowing." That this is the way we view the rankings, and I, I just I think it's bad for the sport. I think to be yeah. honest, Josh, I think you're gonna you're gonna push away more true college football fans than you are bringing new ones in. Or even like the Minnesota Vikings last year, one of the fakest
1: thirteen win teams out oh, there. For sure, if, if we just acknowledge that and we're like, yeah, they're not that good. We're gonna put someone else in that's nine and eight that we think is better. It'd be crazy. Yeah.
0: It is it, results on the field gotta
1: matter. Yes, for sure. And speaking of results on the field, let's talk about maybe some of the results on the field of these New Year's Six games, Ben. We'll start with Ohio State because I think the transfer portal count is up to 12 now on that team. And it's a decent amount of guys that either were starters this year or would have been starters next year, which Mm -hmm. is, I think, the other uh, surprising thing right here. Um, But nevertheless, uh, I'm I'm assuming that Ohio State's going to treat this game as a tryout, uh, just as I guess they did a few years ago with uh, the Utah situation in the Rose Bowl, getting new young receivers in here. We'll probably get to see Cardinal Tate and Brandon Ennis as a starting uh, combo there. We'll get to see, um, I don't know who would be at tight end, Royer, Joe Royer, or maybe G. Scott. Oh, Thurman. You have Jelani Thurman, too. Freak. Jelani Thurman, too, yeah. And we'll get to see Devin Brown, Lincoln Holtz. maybe go a first half, second half. I don't know. But I'm assuming that's the pressure Ohio State's going to take. Uh, Missouri, on the other hand, I'm not I'm not sure. This is kind of new for them. They usually aren't playing in New Year's yeah. six games. And I don't know how many guys they've had enter the portal or declare for the draft just yet. But um, what's the, What's the mindset of Ohio State? You think going into a game like this?
0: You know, it's interesting because, you know, I've had and I know we'll talk about the transfer portal later on the show. Um, you know, it, it was a little shocking. Uh, it was a little you know jerking for us high state fans. But to be honest, I look at the guys that left. I mean, really, I mean, you look at obviously McCord, but then Fleming. I mean, that's a kind of a big, not really a shock. Like I, I thought maybe he would maybe go pro or try to go pro just because he's been so banged up and but I think honestly, he just wants to be able to be the number one. I think he saw the writing on the wall. When you have Brennan Ennis, you have yeah. uh Smith coming in as a, as a true freshman next year. I think he just kind of realized like, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to get the targets. Right. And then you have these other guys and we'll, we'll talk about that later in the show. I won't focus on that. I'll focus on this game. So, um, yeah, this game, I, I think it's gonna be interesting. I think, I think you're gonna see a lot of Devin Brown. I, to be honest, I think Ryan days always loved Devin Brown. I think he's always, um, had this kind of soft spot for Devin Brown. Um. My gut feeling is is they're gonna let it play out through bull practice, so probably up until like Christmas time, uh, maybe a little bit before that, and then I think he'll make a decision for a starter for most of the game. So my, my thought is it's probably gonna be Devin Brown for maybe the first two three quarters, maybe depending on how the game goes. Maybe some packages for uh, Keenholtz here and there. Um, but I, I do think Devin Brown, because he's just had a little bit more time in the system, um, he showed some flashes this year. Um, you put him in there. And again, I want to make it very clear that none of the high state players that are NFL ready outside of Eichenberg, who accepted a senior bowl um, uh, bid. So he's now not going to come back for his extra year. No one else has declared. So I, I I like to tell Buckeye fans like let's just again we we expect obviously Harrison to declare. If he does not declare, then I will have a heart attack probably and be like what? Abuka <laughs> um, is one of those that I think could play in this bowl game. I, again, I wouldn't I wouldn't Very borderline with Abuka. Well, I could see him coming
1: back like well, Chris Olave
0: did. Well, honestly, I don't. I wouldn't be shocked if you see Harrison play in the game. I don't think he's going to come back, but I wouldn't be shocked if you see him play just kind of as like that final hurrah for for Harrison. Um, I, I've heard a lot of rumblings that Henderson wants to come back. Um, there, there. This is like not just me, but there's a lot of other like guys that are inside the Woody Hayes all the time that are saying Henderson is he's really thinking about coming back. I mean, this kind of makes sense because you saw Pryor go in the portal, which wouldn't make yeah. sense if Henderson was leaving. It wouldn't make sense because that meant they're with Mayan leaving and Henderson leaving and Trainum leaving. That leaves you two backs pretty much. So that's why I'm kind of wondering if either Tranum's coming back or if Henderson's decided to come back, which would make it interesting. Um obviously, uh you look at tight end, does Stober play in this game? Probably not, which means you're probably gonna see. I'm gonna say G Scott is probably this is like his, 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 his shot. Like this is like here, G Scott, it'd be the guy. Um defensive-wise, like I I've always thought that. Jack Sawyer would be the more likely to come back and play in this this um, uh, Cotton Bowl. I think JTT has gone. I think Burke's gone. So, again, there's so many unknowns going into this game. And so I guess my thought and I guess to kind of answer your question, I think Ohio State fans themselves are very nervous because we do not want another last year where we lose two straight and then we're going to the offseason. Um, but I also don't think Ryan Day is just going to fold. I think a lot of national media think he's just gonna kind of fold. I mean, it's, even the odds right now are saying that Missouri's gonna win, which dude, if Ohio State puts their best foot forward and their best team out there, I I think I don't think Missouri wins, and I don't I don't think it's gonna be a, a close game if if Ohio State could play up to par, especially defensively. Um so yeah, I, I guess that's the mindset is just hey, let's see what we got for next year. Um they're gonna be very young next year. So why not, you know, give these guys an opportunity? I think wide receiver wise, if some of those receivers don't play, I would not be shocked. You see Ennis and Tate early on. And I think even um, a couple other guys probably get sprinkled in there as well. So that's kind of the thought process. Uh, Josh, you can give us your thought process and then we'll predict the game.
1: Yeah, Um I think since uh, most of those guys are on the offense have declared so far, and since defense was the strength of this team, I think it's all going to come down to how many guys on that defense are coming back. Yeah. Because if it's almost all the defensive starters, I feel really good that Ohio State can win this game. But I also think a team like Missouri, like I said, they, they usually are playing in bull games like this. They like to run the football, they got a solid quarterback. I think they're a little more motivated in this game to come out and win. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ohio State is kind of more in uh, let's try some guys out, maybe a little bit of discouragement, but also just using it as kind of like a like a scrimmage almost, just to try new guys out. So right now, I would I would lean Missouri winning this game, but it's all going to come down to I think how many guys on Ohio State's defense are returning.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do, I think, I think we can predict as, as we get closer. I'm going to give a, yeah, we'll do I'm more gonna, of a, I'm going like to give a an early prediction. prediction later, but I'm going to give an early yeah. prediction. I think a high state squeaks it out. I, I think it's going to be close either, either way. I think it's going to be close. Um, but I do want to say uh, a lot of people I've heard said that like, you know, Ryan Day pushed Comic court out. Uh, I don't know if you heard the story, but, I've heard the story about uh, his dad. dad. Dad, like, went into like, dude, what, what is this? Fifth grade, like, dude, it, like, it's
1: very crazy. And I think that was even the rumor that uh, the whole reason McCord started this year to begin with
0: was similarly, yeah, uh, and, and it's,
1: his dad, it's just
0: having weird some kind of me, sway like that. You know, yeah, it's just weird because it's like maybe that's why Ryan Day was so angry at him all the time. Like, if you look in the sidelines, he just looked always mad at Kyle McCord. And I don't know if it's like, dude, I, I told your dad you're gonna play and now you're playing, you know, not the greatest, right? Um, mm-hmm. so I, I know we'll talk about that later, but I just thought that was very interesting that like, you know, people are like, oh Ryan Days, like he's losing control of the Ohio I've heard this story. Like he's losing control of Ohio State. I'm like, no, he's not. It's 12 dudes. Look around the country. Most teams are losing like eight to ten dudes normally every year. A high state mm-hmm. only lost six last year, seven last year. Right. So to me it's just like the Comic thing, I just think like, dude, he didn't have the it factor. I know that um, uh, Zach Smith and and Chris talked about it, but like he doesn't doesn't have the it factor. And it was very obvious, and this just proves it because I think Ryan Day even I guess supposedly told him, "Hey, I want you to stay. I want you to fight for this battle. I'm not. I'm just not going to give it to you." And mm-hmm. when and and that to me goes, he's not doesn't have the it. He doesn't
1: want to. He doesn't fight have for it. Eh, he doesn't have the dog. He doesn't love Ohio State. It's it's all no. the things, right?
0: Yeah. It's just. Uh, it's and it's on the pressure. flip
1: side, it's it's also kind of crazy that a quarterback on a Power Five team that won eleven games yeah. and
0: uh, has the team ranked in the top ten is transferring out,
1: and the <laughs> fan base is excited.
0: Yeah. I mean, even Dylan Gabriel is kind of a shocker one. Like that's, and we'll talk about that a little later on, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, we'll we'll talk about the transfers later on. Yeah. Let's move on to the
1: next game. Maybe the most fun uh, non-playoff matchup to me is going to be Georgia versus Florida oh, State. Sweet. There's a lot because of angry, I think,
0: a lot of angeriness. Yes, a lot of
1: anger in this game. I think a lot of <laughs> I got screwed mentality in this. I described what why both teams are going to feel screwed. And traditionally, Georgia is one of those teams that has a lot of players sit out, doesn't really care if they lose. It's because they've only they, had a few opt a Meaningless out, right? game. They've only had a few. I, uh, they've only I had. I don't a few know, but out. I mean, I don't know who's all transferred out yet. But I mean, you got to think Carson Beck's going to be playing in this game. Yeah, it's one, and I think that makes all the. difference. Well, I know
0: Florida State. Florida State got some young guys on
1: the defense yes. that are going to
0: be playing. Florida State, not verse, but the other guy has transferred out. So their other top defensive end for Florida State is uh, transferred. And I know out. Johnny Wilson declared for the draft. I don't know yeah. if he's
1: going to play in this game yet, if that means that he's sitting out or staying. And I'm
0: assuming the same is going to be the case with Keon Coleman, too. I, do, I just but, wouldn't want to face this Georgia team mad. I'm just saying. I, <laughs> I would not yeah, want to face both.
1: Both teams team. are, I think, going to be mad. And I think Georgia's going to take th- this game a little more seriously than what they traditionally would, uh, playing in on – playoff bowl games. But I mean, those are some of my general thoughts on there. And like we said already, Florida state being in the, in the playoff wasn't because I thought they were uh, one of the top four teams in the country. Just had the wins. But I, I really think that, uh, especially since Carson Beck's playing, I'm going to give Georgia, Georgia an edge right now, uh, preliminary
0: until I find out who's all actually playing in this game. Yeah. Same. I think, I think Georgia's got my preliminary kind of vote for that. I just, yeah, I, I love the story of Florida State, but I, you, you can only go so far. Like Ohio, also, let's just point out because people keep pointing out, well, Ohio State won the national. I'm like, Cardale Jones is a different quarterback than Florida State's third string. All right, he was six foot five and like two fifty, and had a cannon of, a, of an arm. And also, they had freak dudes around him, Zeke Elliott, and all these guys. So, I, I just want people to stop, stop trying to say that they're the same type of team. <laughs> That takes me to Liberty, Oregon. Oh yes. Dude, what a game, matchup this, that is. This game is gonna be so much fun. Mainly because I love Liberty. Like I just it's kind of cool to see a a Christian school, but also like a team that obviously, you know, we've we've known because going to Cedarville, we we met a lot of people that either went to Liberty or from Cedarville went to Liberty. I had friends that went to Liberty, some really close childhood mm-hmm. friends. So it's kind of cool to see Liberty in this moment. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, it's not gonna be close. I'm just I'm just gonna say that now. Especially if uh, Bo Nix ends
1: up playing this game, which yeah, I could he, definitely see him finishing he out plays, his career on the
0: field. Yeah, if he plays, this could be a this this could be one of those games where it's like fifty six to like ten, like honestly. Yeah, because Liberty's and, defense is not that good. Yeah. And, and
1: like we mentioned earlier, they haven't played any Power Five teams. No. So they really haven't been tested, but you know that they're going to
0: give it everything they got in this oh, game. Oh, yeah. There, there's going to be some trickery in this game. I wouldn't be shocked if you see Liberty to pull like a double reverse or a double reverse pass, like just doing something out of the wazoo, man. You got to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the
1: other non playoff matchup, I'm trying to remember it. Um, oh, I believe it's, uh, isn't it Penn
0: State? Uh... Uh is it Penn State and New State in... Year's Six Bowl? It is. is it Penn State um mm-hmm. trying to look actually. Dun, 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 dun. All right, I love how nothing I've researched just popped up. Great, thank you. Um All right, here we go. Uh New York 6, we got um, Wolverines, no, that's we don't, okay, I don't care, just give me the, oh, here we go so we have New York 6, we have Oregon, Liberty, Georgia, Ole Miss, State, Penn, Ole Miss, Penn State Ole Miss, Penn State, yep, there we go, that's, that's gonna one. be, I see I was right, that yeah. one's gonna be fun, I think that one's gonna be the closest I think, that's I think that might be the too. closest yeah. one I think that I might, think be, that the might be the closest one of having uh, players on both sides yeah. Uh, care, Yeah. and playing the game. Penn, State, Penn State's trying to prove something, because they haven't been able to beat a big team uh, really at all, to be right. honest. Yeah, get into a,
1: a game like this, and you're going to have Drew Aller playing, and I believe Ole Miss also, is going to have Jackson Ole playing. Ole Miss in
0: Missouri in the New York, New York Six is just, yeah. weird. just we were, we were weird.
1: We were mentioning we mentioning during our rivalry week preview that uh, Ole Miss uh, has something to play for with a 10-win 10, 10 season on the line, and this is only, I think, the second time that they've ever done that. So
0: they're in a spot that they're usually not in, and we already mentioned Missouri's not either. It's almost like, though, it's like it feels like this year you have like, you know, seven teams that are like really good. Right. Like really strong teams. And then you just say every you really could put like the 14th team at nine or like, you know, what I'm saying like, I feel like you could swap out some of these teams and it'd be kind of similar in, in a style like Oklahoma, maybe up there, you know, some other teams that maybe you could throw in there that might make it entertaining. And
1: the SEC is looking at chops too, because Missouri Ole Miss, Texas next year, Georgia, Wilson, Alabama. Alabama. Oklahoma will all be or would that's all be playoff be, teams in the 12th a twelve cra- team, I believe. That's gonna
0: be a crazy league. That's gonna be mm. a that actually might have been the new Pac twelve where they all knock each other off and then screw each other. That's pretty much the way it the way Well, it I don't know, Ben,
1: because that's true. SEC won, so they can't be left out of the playoff. Oh yeah, I much, forgot. Harder, yeah, schedule, forgot. Yeah, much yeah. harder schedule. Much harder schedule in the rest of the country. So
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Yes. We don't we don't we just play the Citadel once a year, you know. Right. You know, of
1: course. Anyway. Yeah, um, then you got your playoff matchup. So you got Michigan and Bama, and that one's very close. I think Michigan's either only a one- or two-point favorite right now. So I yeah. think this is going to be very close. Preliminary thoughts, Michigan obviously loves to uh, run the football. Yes, they do. And they got to have a lead in this one early to yes. be able to do that, to be able to kill seven Let's, minutes on a drive like they did against Ohio yeah. State, to be able to have zero pass attempts in the second half like they did against Penn State. They got to get a lead early here, and I think if they do, they can hold it. Um, but Jalen Melrose has also been freaky uh, lately. And I I want to say that they haven't – I'm not even good. No, they've definitely not faced a quarterback
0: like Jalen Melrose this season. That's a no. fact. Uh, but I will say this. I think we both can agree, Josh, that if Ohio State gets a lead early in that game, like a touchdown lead – if it wasn't Michigan, it was a high state, then that's a different game. I think last uh, against the Michigan, I think it is. I, I just think overall the whole game then changes because then Michigan's having to do something that they're not liking. To Michigan's have to is, do something they do yes. not like. So for me, I think when we saw Michigan struggle against TCU last year, right? when We saw them struggle. What happened? TCU got ahead, and then they started throwing the ball. Right? We saw with a high state near the end of that game, Michigan's defense is not great against the pass they have one good corner and then the rest you can find seams you can find little areas where you can pick pocket and look it's alabama and dude as much as i i don't think alabama should have made the playoff dude i i've never wanted a team from the sec to win a game more <laughs> and bias is coming on this because th- this is where I come at is like, first of all, I love the meme that I saw that said when it like popped up that Alabama was making it and not Florida saying like, dang it. I had Florida state plays memorized. Um, But uh, yeah, Um, no, I, I, to be honest with you, I'll be honest, preliminary wise, Josh, I've been thinking about this. This would not be surprised if Alabama wins by like three scores. Like I, I just, I, to me, Michigan, they're such a, really, I'm not saying one-dimensional because I know Michigan fans are going to like bash me, but <laughs> they're very... If they can't run the ball, then they're, they're really struggled. Even in that Iowa game, it was the ugliest offense from Michigan I've seen. Like, it just... If you're against a good or quality defense, Michigan just struggles. Like, even against Ohio State, you take away that last drive of seven minutes, they didn't run the ball tremendous against Iowa State. They didn't throw the ball tremendously against Iowa State. So, until I think Michigan shows that, I, I just... I right now, preliminarily, I'm thinking Alabama probably can squeak away with this. At least at least that's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah, this is a
1: game that I, I could see myself flip-flopping multiple times because on one side of the coin, Jim Harbaugh sucks in playoff and bowl games in general. So bad. But I feel like this year's Michigan team is just, I mean, the culture's been incredible. They've been winning games without him, with assistant coaches. They just seem like they're on a mission and all in this together. But will this... Finally, be the year, and then you mentioned last year uh, with the struggling in the past they game and have lost. They always they always seem to deeter away from what goes well because the whole reason they were down to begin with is because JJ McCarthy two, threw two pick sixes. Yeah. They just totally changed the way that they played football. Year what was working, they were going to dominate the line of scrimmage against little TCU, right? And then they decided to throw the ball instead. So it's just is Jim Harbaugh actually going to be able to prepare for a bowl game? And Nick Saban, it's really hard to bet against him in situations like this
0: too. And we, we uh, both I, counted out. We both said, "Don't." We both said, "Don't count out Alabama." Back when they lost to Texas, and here they are, for sure. And even before the season,
1: when I picked them to win nine games, but we'll forget about that. <laughs> uh, secondary wise, I think Will Johnson's good. Good enough to lock up any receiver on yeah. the Alabama's roster, and it's going to come down to uh, Mike Sanders, uh Rod Moore they're going to go ahead and be able to take care of business all around the other side. And then the Michigan linebackers are going to have their hands full just with the threat that Milrow has on his feet, man. Yeah, and again, um, I uh, it's uh, – I don't know, It's man. It's a matchup, like I said. I'm probably going to go back and forth on it for a while yeah. and not even feel good
0: really about the prediction if, I come up with. If it's the Milro from the last three or four weeks, then Alabama wins this game. If it's Milrow from the first couple weeks, yeah, it could go towards Michigan. Hmm.
1: For sure. Then the other other matchup we got this Washington fun. and this Texas and fun. I think this one's fun too. Very fun, very exciting. Uh, Washington has played so many close games, and I expect this so one to be no so different. Weird, so close with Oregon several times, close with Oregon State. I mean, like we've been saying, they're winning games, just not by double digits. But
0: wait, but Texas, Josh, I thought I thought if you go undefeated and you win games, even if it's close, I thought you still make the playoff, right? Like that's the way it should be, correct? It's the way it should be, but you got to remember Michael Penix did not get injured in any of those games. Oh, right. Because a quarterback injury
1: obviously represents yes, the whole team. That is, that was a the whole team. factor got got And it. why they were able to hold on to the two seed in the final rankings. Yes.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Very fascinating. For sure. But
1: speaking of quarterbacks, Michael Penix versus Quinn Ewers. Uh, uh, what Texas Quinn Ewers are getting? What Quinn right, Ewers are we right? getting? Right. I think that's what it's going to come down to because Texas after Alabama's. <laughs> The Alabama game was shaky at times. Then they were without Quinn entirely, and they had some close calls, but they dominated conference championship weekend. against Oklahoma State, they dominated the regular season finale against Texas Tech, and Quinn's really seemed to hit his stride, and they haven't developed at at Ohio State. Yeah, (laughs) developed at Ohio State. But (laughs) to finish my thought, they don't really seem to be missing Jonathan Brooks either. I think Blue, their other running back, has really been stepping up, and uh, C.J. Baxter also really solid uh freshman in there. So yeah, this is gonna be a fun one. Um and like I said, I think it's gonna be just because it's the way that both teams have kind of played that most of the season, uh, very, very close. And it's probably gonna be one that I will also be flip flopping on. But right now, just because of Michael Penix and uh Heisman Trophy and just the amount of solid wins that they've had over ranked teams, I'm I'm leaning Washington right now. I I think their defense in this
0: one is uh, could be the deciding factor. You know, two years ago, I never would have thought to say that Texas would be in the playoff or Washington. It's just weird. Um, It's also be weird if it was Michigan versus Washington, like a W and an M, just like logo. It's just weird, and the Mm -hmm. fact that Washington is joining the Big Ten next year, kind of odd. But no, I, I, dude, Texas and like, dude, as a High State fan, like with McCord transferring, man, it's just like, what if, right? Like, like, what if Quinn stayed, right? Uh, But no, I, in general, man, I, I think this game's gonna be great. Again, I just I've counted out Washington so many times at this point. I'm just kind of like I should stop because every time I do this with we every team, <laughs> it, just, it just it it never goes well. So I, right now I'm yeah. leaning Washington, but again Texas has surprised a lot of teams. They beat Alabama, so I mean they can they can do what they the, the, what they can. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's where I'm leaning uh, at this moment. And
1: since I had to bring up that we were wrong about Alabama, I want to correctly brought up that I was correctly high on Texas
0: preseason. You were. Here they are. You were. Yes, you were.
1: You know, Josh has to I get I think you were there with me
0: to win the Big 12. I was. Yeah, I did say they were going to win the Big 12 because I just didn't think any other team was good. It's part of the, part of the reason, too. <laughs> which is true. Which is yeah. true.
1: Well, that wraps up New Year's Six games. We can talk about some of these transfer portals. Yes. People that are going to be maybe impacting yeah. some of these games or maybe impacting some
0: new teams I, next year. And, yes, I, I want to get your thoughts before we jump into like, we can kind of go through the list because I think quarterback is the big one. that, w- that Quarterback's a lot always quarterbacks the big yeah. one. That's the one that but everyone wants to talk about. That's usually all the big I, names. I do want to get your thoughts on the Ohio State kind of exodus. It's not really exodus because, to be honest, half of the six of the 12 dudes barely played this year. They played like 12 snaps combined. Like, they didn't really play. What, what is your thought on, I know you mentioned it earlier with Kyle McCord, now, I think both of us can agree. Julian Fleming only has one year of eligibility. That one kind of makes more sense. It's a grad that's, transfer. I thought Julian Fleming should yeah. have and would have transferred last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, and it, the, the biggest thing is that we miss him as a blocker. And also the biggest thing is if you lose him, Harrison, and Annabuka, that's – your three dudes are, are gone and you have to replenish that, um, which might help them – landing Jeremiah Smith and him not flipping to Miami. So that's like the hope is maybe, Hey, <laughs> everyone leave so that we can give him the starting job. next sure that the young um, guys playing time immediately. But what is your thoughts on the McCord thing? Because to me, um, I was really disheartened because I, I thought, you know, for the most part, we've never had an Ohio state quarterback where I felt like they weren't competitive. And after that Michigan game, it, Michigan game, it really showed me how he just kind of was there for the ride. Um that that's to me what 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 is shocking to me what what's your thought
1: Yeah I mean you can go down the list uh Braxton Miller baller JT Barrett say what you want about him but baller uh Justin Fields baller Dwayne Haskins for his one season baller um uh, CJ Stroud is really the only one that we uh had thoughts on if if he really is in this thing and we finally saw against Georgia and what could have been and we're seeing him ball out in the NFL now and even getting some fights, getting a little chippy with some NFL linebackers and stuff like that, which is like, Ohio state CJ would have never done that. But even more so, yeah, Kyle McCord. I mean, at the end of the Michigan game, we talked about it, just calling it a game, not really being a Buckeye. And like you said, not even being competitive and wanting to come back and uh, maintain that job and play at one of the greatest football programs in the country. It's just like, okay, well, if you just want to chill and Go and play a team like Nebraska because I know that's the team that he's got meetings with, or play where his dad played. I think Rutgers, Rutgers and yeah. it's like if that's if that's where your com- competitive nature is at, it's Just, like yeah, I want to have the job, and I don't even want anyone to have a threat of taking it from me. It's like okay, whatever. I mean, not everybody's like, not everybody's yeah. built to be able to play at Ohio State. So. No, and it's not,
0: and, it, and it's it's a high pressure uh, position, and, it is, and He has that. It. So it's JT, like JT Barrett said
1: that you know nothing necessarily wrong with that, but it's like it is what it is. Well, it's true. It that's is funny. Sort of,
0: brown posted on twitter or something like that I, I don't know i saw an article uh and the article said that like brown posted a p- picture of burning ships and basically like bring it on like right like I, i'm i'm staying here i'm like i don't care um and it is interesting because obviously Ohio high state has air nolan coming in which is just yes. a great name by the way one of the best names ever um air noland lefty Freaking awesome! Um, we'll talk about what we think is the the what you think I say will do here, but I want to talk about record. Where where do you think he ends up ending up? I I think he leaves the Big Ten. I I don't I don't know if he stays in the Big Ten. pit Pitt sounds like a very good spot for him, like Pittsburgh University or maybe like if he does stay in the Big Ten, I'm thinking Rutgers because of dad or Nebraska. Like those are the three places that I'm like that makes the most sense. I think.
1: Yeah, that one of the things they mentioned about Nebraska and that means that Nebraska plays out
0: of Ohio State next year and
1: oh. I don't know if he wants
0: to be in an environment like does that, he really so? want does he want to walk into the horseshoe yeah and just hear dude he, the things that they would say like again I don't, I don't I don't I don't ad, I don't adone any of this <laughs> condone any of this but I'm just saying he he better make sure he has security around that whole team because there'll be some fans drunk that are just like I'm gonna let him have it. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm leaning more towards he goes somewhere outside the Big Ten so he doesn't have to deal with <laughs> yeah, the question. I'm leaning I'm leaning like
1: a Big 12 or an ACC school yeah, because that makes if sense. it goes to SEC, it's the same thing where it's like yeah. there's gonna be that level of competition and an expectation of high performance that I don't know if he's cut I've out heard
0: for that. I've heard one thing that someone said was Kansas State. I think that's genius. Go to Kansas State, you know, kind of just go. Beat well, howard kind of is guy. transferring out, Avery Johnson is the competition over there
1: so I, it's not a slam dunk I, he'd start there but or Liberty. Just go to Liberty.
0: Just have a peaceful time at Liberty. Liberty. Mm, yeah, peaceful time. But yeah, so interesting there. Um obviously Julian Fleming leaving. Um where do you think a high state should do? I'm going to get your thoughts. I'll I'll give you my thoughts. What do you think I say should do? Should they get a young quarterback in the transfer portal? Should they get a veteran for maybe a year, or do they just lean on Holtz Brown and say, "Hey, go get go win the job"?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you got to go and get a guy in the transfer portal just to create some some of competition. Uh, we saw Ole Miss do that, going and get Spencer Sanders in. Turns out that Jackson does keeping the job thing, anyways. That yeah, it's weird thing. that they went out and he decided to go over there. But I think if you're a state, you gotta go and get somebody so that Devin Brown is forced to compete. Yeah. Um Aaron Nolan, being a freshman, I don't care if he's the first or second quarterback in this class. It's really hard to start as a true freshman at Ohio Not State. Ohio state. state. <laughs> I, and I don't think Ryan Day wants to do that either. No. So you got to go out and get somebody that's gonna compete with Devin Brown. I think I don't even really know Flink and Kineholtz's cut caught for this either. I think it's just a cool story being from North Dakota and being like the Mr. Yeah. uh, Whatever sport it is. South Dakota. It's South Dakota. South Dakota. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think Lincoln Tideholtz is just more of a cool story. Uh, We'll see if uh, Devin Brown uh,
0: ends up developing into this guy that – who's on your list is like the guy that should go that makes the most sense for for all well, state? I've I've heard people talk about Riley Leonard and Will Howard
1: actually, and to me, I'm just like <laughs> you, yeah, honestly. Like as gross. cool as Riley Leonard is as a quarterback, he's kind of like Kyle McCord level to me too. Just more like, athletic, good, not great. Yeah. And Will Howard, I'm like, you mean the guy that just lost his starting job at Kansas State, and he's going to be your guy at Ohio State? That doesn't
0: make any sense I've, either. I've heard Ward from Washington, but I don't want Cam him. Cam Ward is the big he one. He is, and he is too mistake prone. I just, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with
1: more of that. I just, I just can't. Yeah, Cam Ward is fun, and who I would sit would put my money on at least right now. I know some people have talked about Arch Manning too, no. leaving Texas. No. That's but, too,
0: he's too young. It's the same thing with Dante Moore. People are like, Dante Moore? I'm like, he's a freshman. So what does that mean? That means your Air Nolan will probably want to be That's the other thing. In. Is like I think the threat
1: of Aaron Nolan is going to keep any of the freshmen, this year's freshmen, away. Arch yeah. Manning, I think is going to decide after Quinn Ewers makes his decision, but I think it'd be weird if he left anyway, just because this was like definitely a possibility when they picked Texas, and I think they yeah. knew that. And then, yeah, you mentioned Dante Morris, so like Dante Morris talking to like Michigan State and Oregon and some of these other schools that recruited him. And I don't think Ohio yeah. State's the, even on his the, radar, but the same thing right there is like Aaron Nolan's here. And I think that's a threat.
0: Yeah. And also, you don't want to lose T- uh, Tavian St. Clair, who's now a four star in the next class. Right. You don't want to right. lose these guys, but putting young guys. Some of the names that I thought of um, DJU, he might be like more of an underdog sleeper. Um, but I, I don't I mean, I wouldn't again, if it's for a year. Maybe you get some more out of them that they couldn't get out of anyone else. Um, the only other guy that's like that's piqued my my interest would be like Dylan Gabriel. Like that would be kind of fun. You know, one year. That'd with Dylan be another Gabriel. cool one. Yep. Like uh, you have two lefties playing quarterback at Ohio State. When was that? When did that ever happen? I don't think you'd ever have to question Dylan Gabriel's. No, exactly either. So I think if you brought Dylan Gabriel in again, it's maybe not the kind of quarterback that maybe Ryan Day wants. But hey, it's for a year. You go get that, get that win, right? Get that Michigan win, and then hey, I can reset this button, get a quarterback in here for the next couple of years to then really train. I think it'd be great. I think you wouldn't lose Brown over that. I think because you'd see like, oh, it's one year. Um, and then maybe you lose Keen Holtz, but outside of that, I think you keep the other quarterbacks in line. So that's where I would go with that. Yeah. All right. So um, let's talk about some of these
1: other guys. Yeah. So we we pretty much already covered a lot of the quarterbacks, but another one that I was surprised was DJ Uyangilale. I wasn't. Co- coach left. I was. Well, coach left, but I figured he would just declare for the draft. Which I don't. I, I know don't think that's he's still ready yet. A possibility, but I don't think he's ready. I also, I I think also he's going to Oregon. That he, Maybe Oregon, because his brother's there, yeah. and they won't have Bo Nicks. But I guess I just, I forgot that he had another year of eligibility,
0: too. Yeah. That he can actually do this. So that's Michigan no State would like, make oh. sense. I, I think Michigan State or... Michigan State's going to get somewhere. Or, or Nebraska. I could see him going to Nebraska. That's one I could see him doing. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, maybe Nebraska. I'm, after Now that the season's all sudden done, we really thought and it's looked like DJU was going to redeem himself but he actually completed a higher percent of his passes last year and had more touchdowns yep. in less games yeah so it's like okay well and I also uh, maybe
0: it wasn't maybe it wasn't just uh the coaching at Clemson that did it to him that's true breaking news by the way Josh uh, as we're recording this uh Rutgers lands point guard Dylan Harper number two recruit in class of 2024 gives Scarlet Knights two of the top three recruits in the nation. Who would have ever thought that Rutgers basketball is getting the top two, two, two of the top three players in in basketball? Hmm. Side note: just sorry because we talked about Rutgers earlier, and I just saw that on my phone. Um, basketball school, basketball school, all the way. Uh, shout out, Tim. Um, but no, yeah. So that that was interesting. Again, some of these. Dylan Gabriel was also kind of interesting. I was like, you kind of have it going good at Oklahoma. Why don't you stay for one more year? That's the other thing. Is like, why is he even leaving? Like, yeah. he's in good standing there.
1: He's he's done great. Two seasons there now. You know, he didn't have daddy come in and complain for him,
0: right? Like, right.
1: Like, but, and I don't know if this is a threat, but Jackson Arnold, I believe it is, is another very highly ranked quarterback recruit that they had last year. And I don't
0: know if there's any threat of him overtaking the job, but even still. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. But yeah. So those are the quarterbacks. Again, there hasn't been really any other big names uh, out there. I mean, uh, a couple guys from, uh, uh, Georgia have um transfer portal. I know the backup quarterback, uh, he just committed to Kentucky, I believe. He, yeah, okay, yeah, he just committed to Kentucky. Um, there's a, a, a defensive the event quarterback from, quarterback, from Florida State, Defensive end, Florida State. Uh, obviously, we're talking about a high state's uh transfer portal. Oregon lost the linebacker too, I yeah, think. Oregon as on. well. Okay. Again, if you follow us on our uh, Instagram at baseline.podcast, you can actually see. Uh, I usually try to share all of the the big you know announcements but again I think for Josh and I we'll probably see more next week I think we're going to see a lot more at the end of this week as we're recording this we'll see a lot of those I think we'll see a lot more declaring after like the Heisman ceremony and those kind of things I think you'll see more um declares I guess um for yeah. for that um I guess I guess we kind of talk about that I guess here Josh is uh is there any? Is there any, like, buddy that hasn't declared yet that that you're kind of like – do you think that still might be on the fence that, that might be thinking about coming back that, that hasn't come come out and stated they're going to leave? People are talking about Marvin Harrison and Caleb Williams, and I'm like, stop it. Yeah. No, no, Dude, Caleb – I don't Caleb, know. I don't Caleb really know what to – No, like he's sitting out, so that means he's obviously leaving. Um, yeah. I, I don't know about Marv. Marv, I, I mean – Look, my inner Ohio State Buckeye fan is like, yes, please, come back. We will, we will serve you yeah. on a silver platter. But let's be honest, dude, the dude's gonna be a top pick in the draft.
1: Take your Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I think loved Ohio State more than he did, and they sat out too.
0: Yeah, not, and I think Marv's a good dude, but I mean, he's gonna do what's best for him. And I think, and I think, I think it, it might have been a sight of this might have been the last straw too, is that his buddy McCord is no longer there. So. Right. That also so what good is like, it going to do for him? To, what's it yeah. going to do for his
1: NFL stock
0: to go out there and play with Lincoln Kineholz yeah. and Devin now, Brown, right? And that's why like, that's why like, I'm more on the sense of Mecca Buka comes back because he had like a low year. That one he makes more sense. He did not explode like you yeah. would have thought. Like, we that one makes the, more sense.
1: We came into the season thinking that him and Marv could be two top five receivers in the country. And instead, guys like Malik Neighbors, Romo Dunze, um, you know, the list goes on and outplayed him. Yeah. So if Ed Buka wanted to be like a, a first round wide receiver, I think he comes back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that too. I think, you know, Travion obviously we're waiting on that one. Um, Ollie Gordon, I, I don't know. I think he's a sophomore, so I think he's coming back for the, he might uh, have to come state. back. Yeah. Uh, uh D- but, Donovan Edwards is another one that I yeah, would say one, keep yeah. an eye on And quarterback he didn't have was, as yeah, great too. of a season as he yeah. probably should have. There's some quarterbacks out there like even Cam Ward from Washington state, like he doesn't have to transfer. Like he could just declare and and but I don't think he's got the talent quite there yet. Um, right, there's a lot of different guys. Obviously, we'll we'll keep you informed as the as it gets closer. Obviously, Josh and I will do more draft stuff and we'll kind of get you yeah, ready. Yeah, and we'll find out like stuff.
1: some of these Texas guys too, like like Ewers and yeah. some of those Michigan guys. Like I'd be sure I'm kind of uh, thinking JJ McCarthy could come back too. Not yeah. gonna lie.
0: Yeah, I think that's possible. I think that's, you know, in a high State, I think the same thing. I think JTT, I think we both agree he's probably gone, but I think we both. Have I'm not sold head. on JTT going either. But I am, but I am sold on Jack Sawyer coming back. I do believe Jack Sawyer is going to come back for one more year. Probably. Um, yeah, just not not the explosion. Steel. At, People keep saying, saying that Steel, Cham- Steel Chambers is leaving. I'm like, no, he's not. Like, He's not ready for the NFL. If he has a year of eligibility, I think he'll probably yeah. be back. Um, I would love to see Denzel Burke back, but let's be honest, that's not happening. Um, again, so we've had All-Americans announced. We won't really go through those. You can go check those out. Uh, but one thing I do want to talk about is the awards, Josh. Uh, not all of them because there's a lot of them. But uh, we talked about the Heisman. And Josh and I got it right. Let's just be honest, people. Josh and I are geniuses, and we told you there'd be a token guy, and that'd be Marvin Harrison, and then the other three. See, we we just know what we're talking about. We do. Uh, But I also don't think it was that hot of a take to include
1: Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, and Michael Penix. I think everybody was talking about them. And Marv was being talked about as, like, another one. But there was was a couple other people that were in the mix as, like, uh, non-quarterbacks, too. And they decided to go with Marv. Even with, um, I know he didn't
0: boom in every single game, but the talent and the ability is definitely there. You can see it on the tape. Yeah. So who, who do you think wins this? Let's let's just give our prediction for the Heisman. Well, I already know Marv's not going to win it. Yes, I know that. I'm pretty sure Bo Nix isn't going to win it
1: because Michael Penix has now beaten him twice. Yeah. So now it comes down to how much they uh, love the undefeated uh, Power 5 conference champion, Uh, season that Michael Penix led his team to, all the the big games, uh, all the close wins. But then you got Jaden Daniels on the other side that outplayed him week by week, had more total yards, more touchdowns, but had the three losses. But none of those losses were really his fault. Yeah. That's what it's going to come down to is how much they... It's kind of like with the alabama Florida State thing. Are they going to do the right thing, give it to the guy that played the best season, or are they going to give it to the guy that was on one of the the best teams in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, and, and then not that, and I'm not even going to like, I don't want to diss Michael Penix like that and say that he doesn't deserve it because he has had a, a Heisman
0: worthy season. good years. But yeah, but I mean, Jaden Daniels, come on, man. No, I, I, Jaden Daniels deserves it, but it would not shock me if Michael Penix wins that on Saturday. on mm-hmm. I think it's the Saturday or next Saturday. So, um, Yeah, again, I think Bo Bo Nix finishes third. Uh, Obviously, Marr finishes fourth. But let's be honest. Ohio State, by the way, fun fact, they've had six finalists uh, in the last, I think, six years. Well, five finalists in the last six years. Obviously, CJ Stroud had two years in a row. And Um, yet
1: Florida has as many Heisman trophies in that stint as Ohio State does. So what are we talking about? Oh, I'm just stating a fact, Josh. I'm stating a fact. last six years, Ohio State has zero Heisman winners. And so does Florida. How many finalists does Florida
0: have? Doesn't matter. What's the point of going if you're not going to win it? You know that well. Winning's not has been something Florida's said in a very long time. Um, that is- By the way, Trevor Etienne, our running back in the portal too. I mean, am I shocked? Am I shocked that people are leaving Florida? Um, that actually did not leave. He probably should have to give you guys a room for getting a better quarterback, but we got a good freshman coming in, so
1: he's got like one legit shot starting though and then yeah, we'll next the year after that would be like yeah you gotta go hey, see you buddy
0: hey uh your scholarship <laughs> I'm ripping that up Um, no I again yeah so uh, that's what I think Uh Blitnikoff I think we both agree maybe we don't I, I think Harrison's gonna win it because I don't think you put him at the finalist as a Heisman and he doesn't win the Blitnikoff I think that's just stupid it be pretty dumb, but yeah. that Blitnikoff tends to be a numbers game, and that's why guys like Jordan Addison have won it. But it's so funny, over. though, if you look at the three guys, is they all lead something different. So, like, Marv leads in touchdowns, I think Neighbors leads in receptions, and then Douzier, or Neighbors leads in yards, Douzier leads in receptions. It's just really weird. Like, they all three lead in right. something else, like, separate. Yeah so again those are the those are the crazy obviously we will we'll see what happens in these and we'll go over the awards when they happen as Josh and I usually do We'll go over the uh, all Americans we'll go over all those things as they as they come out. Um, but Josh, any thoughts on the Browns before, um, we finish up the show, uh, specifically the fact that Joe Flacco, out of all those years, we've hated the man is now the guy it, It's it's just weird. It, it's just weird. That's all I can say. Yeah. This whole season has been weird for the Browns and yet they're still in the playoff hunt. I don't know how Don't ask me how I don't know. Even, even miles Garrett has just fell off. From his pedestal wherever he was. Uh, he's definitely not the same as he was earlier in the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, Joe Flacco, I figure he'd probably be the guy just because of the lack of competition on that team right now. But we play the Jags this week, and are we sure that Trevor Lawrence is playing? He's in out. That game? He's out. He will be out. Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, this is going to be a game that the defense is definitely going to step to win up this game. for. They, cannot they lose need to win it, sure. yeah. They cannot. Yeah, you can't Uh, if you want to be in the playoffs the end of the season right
0: now We're at a three-point home favorite right now, but and the defense has to show up and Obviously you get you get Ward back and Garrison yeah. healthy. This is a so This is a game gotta... that The defense is gonna have to win and that we can't make mistakes and it's a winnable game though Yeah, and I mean Flacco showed that he still has arm strength out of I mean, He's got a cannon still at 38 years old finishing uh, out the season from here we host the bears the week after that that's got to be, be a win yeah should be a win so that, I mean, win if you, that you, if you win those Walker. two games that means you're 9 and 5 if you win those two games you're 9 and 5 correct then i believe you face the texans i believe is that texans the jets and the Bengals. so i think texans i think texans is a tough one but i think the that's jets and Houston Bengals too. jets and Bengals, are winnable so you could finish the year yes. easily 11 and 6 if we'll you finish the 11 and 6 the, rest of the, the season it sounds like if Jets, you can so. if you can finish 11 and 6 that is a beautiful way to finish the year it is but for a you go out and the get first. the ones that you got exactly so. for sure i think we both agree uh brown's win this week but anyways uh i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the baseline podcast uh it's been fun it's starting to snow it's like raining and snowing here in in hungary but um mm-hmm. hey winter is here Christmas, by the way also josh happy december uh we are in december and uh, christmas will be coming so we'll have a a, i think like a one or two more episodes before christmas and then we'll you know celebrate christmas and have fun fun with our families um but anyways we hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you love this episode on youtube go ahead and click that thumbs up button hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell add a comment of who is the most jolly of them all on the podcast is it me or is it josh Josh is always smiling. He's always uh, ready for anything coming his way. Uh, and if you've loved it on, if you like listening on Spotify or Apple podcast, make sure you share it with your friends and family. That would be much appreciated. And as always, until next time, we'll see ya.